Hi, my name is Anne McElhenney. And I'm Phelan McAleer. And welcome to the Anne and Phelan Scoop Daily Virus. It is June the 18th. Thursday. Thursday, June the 18th. We, uh, the Daily we, Virus, don't remind, I need to remind people, where we discuss the latest news, views, advice and madness of the pandemic. I'm always trying to speak ahead of you so that you end up not saying that. It's week 13 of the flatten the curve, of the two week flatten the curve lockdown. So um, never forget they lied to you. Uh, they told us that it was a two week to flatten the curve to stop uh, hospitals becoming overwhelmed, to help to stop health, health workers becoming overwhelmed so people could be treated. There was never any idea that we wouldn't, that it was to stop us getting sick or stop people getting sick. And there was no suggestion that it would go on for 11 further weeks than the, yes. the first two weeks. Yes. And the breaking news stories today, just just when you open the kind of the papers this morning, um, Dame Vera Lynn has died. Uh, we'll meet again, which is the most yeah. incredible song. What a beautiful song. She's died at the age of 103. Not from the coronavirus. Not from the coronavirus, from what I've read. Um, Jean Kennedy Smith, the last surviving sibling of President John F. Kennedy, has also died. and former. She was a former ambassador also to Ireland. Died at the age of 92. Also, uh, I don't believe she's died of the coronavirus. No, I, and uh, just, I just saw an NBC story there. She... Um, she had a little blot on her on her landscape. She was the ambassador. She, according to NBC, she was uh, reprimanded for basically she victimized two of her employees who objected to her lobbying for a visa for Jerry Adams. Oh uh, yeah, it's not correct. I actually remember that story. She she victimized two of her employees because they refused to fiddle the figures for Irish visas because. A lot, I used to have to go in for an interview to the Irish Embassy to, to get to come to America, uh, but if, if 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 a certain number were rejected, then they continue that. But if the number fell below a certain threshold, then Irish the, the, the floodgates could open and Irish could come without, without going into the interview. She pressurized her employees to let people in, even when they thought they shouldn't be let in, so that the figures would look better, so that the floodgates would open. She victimized them so badly. I remember this line really well. Because uh, it was cut out by sub-editors, and it's funny what you remember. Uh, you guys said, you know, it wasn't that bad. I've served in Vietnam. <laughs> so Jean Kennedy Smith, the last oh. surviving sibling of the Kennedys, has died. Working for her is not quite as bad as being in Vietnam. So she died at the age of 92. And the other headline today, obviously, is that the U.S. initial jobless claims have edged down to 1.5 million in the in the latest week but it's still it's still not good it's still very very bad and in other things that we're going to be looking at today so in, in one of those now you tell us stories and um, we found out that Fauci uh, Dr Fauci is a liar it's according to himself according, himself, according yeah. to himself and we have um, a story from SAG AFRA that's the union that's responsible for actors um, who are using the virus to really show us their true colours. Yes. We're going to get to that one. And CNN is fake news again. Um, <laughs> Were they ever on fake news? Well, you know, we just get proof all the time. Go on. Yeah. So, and uh, we have to thank, uh, uh, all thank Black Lives Matter for the an accidental service they provided. And Mayo, Mayor Bill de Blasio has some unusual advice for contact tracers. Yeah, very unusual advice for contact tracers. And we have a wonderful, classic Killjoy story from Ireland that you have to believe. You have to listen to it, to hear it, to believe it. It's one of the, it just, you, you can, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the you can't make this stuff up category. Yes. It wins, it wins, it wins for today. In the can you can't make this stuff up. Tell us, Philem, about Dr. Fauci now. Well, so Dr. He's now Fauci, who, what us. is he, the head, whatever, you know, the head. Head honcho of virus, viruses everywhere. Yes, the man who killed the virus didn't. So 
he has now admitted that when he said at the beginning, I, mean, I don't know if he's admitting this or trying to rewrite history, right? Because remember, masks were no good. Masks he, were, he said that masks were no good at the and beginning. And now everyone needs to wear a mask. And uh, how did he explain this? And he said, well, we wanted to make sure that the people, namely the healthcare workers who were brave enough to put themselves in harm way to take, harm's harm's way. Way to take care of people, uh, who you know were infected uh, with the coronavirus and, and the danger of them getting infected, we wanted to make sure that they had... Um, that they had access to a mask, Yes. right? So they, they wanted the masks to just be for the healthcare workers. So, uh, so basically then, in order, to, in order to allow that to happen, basically Dr. Fauci said, oh, the rest of you don't need a mask. Yeah, yeah. And, and actually, I think another, another thing was that they didn't want uh, the healthcare workers to feel alarmed as well uh, because what, they didn't have enough masks for them. So they didn't want the healthcare workers to feel alarmed. So they just, you know, don't need them. And it's like, really? That, no. So, so basically, Fauci admits they lied for, for, for good reasons at the beginning. So they lied about masks. How can you believe anything they say? Yeah. And then um, this is an awful story. We have an awful story from SAG-AFTRA. SAG-AFTRA are the union that are in charge of actors. And uh, we've had our own uh, relationships with SAG-AFTRA ourselves yes, in the yes. past. Yes, truly know. awful, truly awful organization who shut down... Uh, operations on movies they don't like so they put their own um membership out of work but they put their own membership out of work anyway by forcing you to pay ridiculous fees uh, and have ridiculous le- staffing levels uh, and therefore destroy any attempt to make a low budget movie just saying uh, but also they then uh, charge you these fees that mean you can't afford it so now they've gone in and christy swanson a prominent trump supporter in Hollywood, and a friend of ours who played Lisa Page in FBI Lovebirds. Which you can watch, by the way, by going to fbilovebirds.com. Yes, uh, so that's the, our verbatim play about uh, FBI Lovebirds, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. She plays Lisa Page brilliantly. It, you know, I think that what really annoyed them was when you, make, when you laugh at these people, that's what really gets them angry. So the union has gone on her, her latest movie, uh, which uh, you know, which is she's playing with Scott Bio, right? She's another Republican. Another Republican. In another, fact, another, has, has, oh, a wa- yeah. has a walk-on part in the text messages of Strzok and Page. So the FBI Lovebirds is based on the text messages of Strzok and Page uh, verbatim. The two Lovebirds who, in between having an affair, plotted a coup d'état to take down president and candidate. Two, F- two FBI high-level high yeah. FBI people. Yeah. So they went on to the. the, the they now have decided. That Scott Bio, the movie that Scott Bio and Christy Swanson are starring in, does not meet the protocols, the COVID nineteen protocols of SAG AFTRA, 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 and they've issued a do not work. They've closed the film down. So that's what they're at, closing films down for health, rather than going on saying, "Hey, you should do this or do that." No, close it down, and uh, you know, haven't issued any reasons really. You know, any any uh, breaches. Uh, so listen, Hollywood sending out a message. Don't stray from our political plantation or we will close you down. And Christy has kind of, uh, and she's very feisty. And those of you who are on Twitter, you should follow Christy Swanson. She's really active on Twitter and she's really courageous. Mm-hmm. Um, in, you know, because she, you know, she's putting herself into a situation where people won't give her jobs because of the fact that she's declared herself a Republican, a conservative. Um, and she's tweeted out, you know, in defense of herself, she's tweeted that the claims, that these claims that SAG-AFTRA are making are utter nonsense, she says. And she denied that the production, which was also accused of violating California regulations relating to minor performers, had done anything you know what, wrong. You know, what, you know what that probably is? Scott Bio's daughter is on. Yeah, 12. yeah. So Scott's probably going, you know, 
probably homeschooling or whatever you know he's probably he knows what his child wants and they're using probably his daughter as some way of, of getting at him as well so cnn uh, so we have a very bizarre story from cnn but then they're all sort of bizarre stories from and i think you can depend on cnn right now during these times during the pandemic for for your hit for your daily hit of panic porn um and chris cuomo uh, the brother obviously of um of no have i got that wrong what's his name which one's chris which one's chris and which one's the governor one's chris and one is so Chris Cuomo is a CNN guy, yes. and the brother is the other Cuomo, whose first name I can't I come can't up with. You first. need to look it up right now, Phil. He's going to look up on the interwebs. That we're, it's a little early in the morning here. Can I just say we were up at five o'clock, and it's a little bit early for us to be trying to work out. Well, I mean, every woman's in love with them, so why can't we remember Andrew? That's it. Andrew, Andrew. Andrew. But Chris Cuomo, if you're looking for your panic porn hit of the day, you knew, you know, you can go no further really than CNN. They're fabulous. And they have this story, and they're delighted with themselves, and Chris Cuomo's delighted with himself. And you, I mean, he's just, what an awfully odious guy. But anyway, 16 young folks get the virus at a bar in Florida. That's the story that CNN, um, you know, tout. Um, but if you ever, you know, there's a thing in journalism, a well-known thing, and I remember when Phelan taught me to be a journalist, there's a thing called burying the lead. You, you know, you need to lead off with, what, what's the news here, right? So in this story, the lead is buried. And the reason that the lead is buried is that it really ruins the panic porn yeah, story. Yeah, I would argue this is not a case of burying the lead. <laughs> this is actually a case of... Making a story where there isn't a story. Making a story where there isn't one because this is not a lead. Uh, the actual, when you read the story, the actual facts of the story, that of these 16 people who got the virus from a bar in Florida, only two of them had flu-like symptoms. Well, we're going to hear it. Let's, you know, right. let's watch that because it's really, it's very funny. Seven workers at a Florida bar and a group of 16 friends who were out for a night of fun all tested positive for coronavirus. Erica Crisp was one of them. She's been sick for a week, but she's here along with two of those friends, Kat Layton and Dara. Is it sweet or sweat? It's sweat. All right, good to have you. Uh, now, I don't want any of you to sweat. This is not one of these sessions. I'm happy that you are feeling better. You're young. Uh, thank God you didn't get hit the way I did. I just wanted to quickly give each of you a chance to share how you now feel after this experience. Erica, starting uh, with you, I know nobody had masks. It was crowded in there, just like a normal bar. Um, why did you think it was okay to do it that way? And what do you think now? I think at the time it was more out of sight, out of mind. We hadn't known anybody who had it personally. Um, governor, mayor, everybody says it's fine. We go out, it's a friend's birthday. It was a mistake. How do you I feel about it now? You say it's a mistake. What do you want people to think? I feel foolish. It, it's too soon. Clearly, it's, you know, we got super sick almost immediately within days. So I just, I feel. Hey, look, the most effective preacher is a convert. Now you can tell people, I know why you think it's not a big deal. Uh, learn from me, at least from now. Thank you for coming forward and doing this. I know this is not how you wanted to make your debut on Cuomo Prime Time, but thank you uh, for doing it. Kat, Leighton, uh, you were there as well. Uh, you had uh, a little different set of uh, symptoms. You were of that no smell, no taste variety. Um, yeah. How are you feeling now and how has your perspective changed? I'm feeling fine. I really am. I, you know, it, it is very bizarre to be able to breathe in, but not smell, you know, your favorite things. Um, but it kind of feels a little spoiled to complain about things like that at the moment. 
Um, but my experience is definitely that, you know, of course we're regretful. We we do feel foolish standing there in front of all those people. We knew we were we were pushing it, and you know, and this, it's a little overwhelming, I think, to to kind of be ahead of this. But really, we just want to raise awareness. We want to let get ahead of it and tell people that. You know, it's really not ready for how we what we thought it was ready for. It's it's too soon. When you realized, Dara, that uh, you weren't feeling well, what went through your mind? There's a global pandemic going on and I feel sick. <laughs> I was a little like I was a little scared, a little nervous um, and receiving the text message that my friends were just boom, positive, boom, positive, boom, positive, back to back to back was almost a little overwhelming. Did anybody get sick sick? Um, not to my knowledge. Um, I think all of our symptoms were fairly mild. Um, I do believe that one or two of us uh, had flu-like symptoms mm. um, and were kind of like laying in bed. But for the most part, um, I've, I experienced very mild symptoms um, throughout the mm. entire time. Like four or five four days worth and then it started to get better? Yes, yes, sir. Mm. Yeah, uh, Erica, I know that it was a group of 16 of you. Everybody got sick? Everybody, every one of us. And did you hear uh, stories about people who weren't part of your group getting sick there? Does anybody believe it was something about that place or you think yeah. it's just doing too much too soon? No, yes. Um, I've been, uh, since this all went public a few days ago, the local news, I've been messaged inboxed by strangers, complete strangers that were there that same weekend, Friday and Saturday and Sunday, who are now very sick. So it wasn't just our group. It wasn't just us, but there was one place in common. It was the only place to so. <clears throat> well, listen, if people can't identify with you, uh, you know, it's one thing when it hears from an like, old guy like me, uh, but for young people who are still viable and just living your life and you're being told everything's okay, that's why I invited you guys on. I'm not here to shake a finger at you. Thank God you're feeling better. And hopefully now, if you have any guilt about it, coming on, letting people know the truth, bravo for you. And also, if you have the antibodies, when you're able to test, give plasma and you'll wind up doing good for people in a situation that started out the wrong way. God bless each and every one of you. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can't make that up, right? You yeah. cannot so, make so, that so up. So two had flu-like symptoms and none, zero, nobody was seriously ill. Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. So it's really so, good news, actually. So it's a really good two, news story. Two teenagers get the flu and- Not teenagers, uh, no, they run a bar, at a bar. Oh, right, okay. Young folks. Young young folks at a, at a bar, yes, because yeah. in this country, Phelan, you can't drink until you're over 21. Now, in Ireland, of course, you can you, drink if, if you, you can get your hand across high enough. If you're, to get, I think if you're over 21 inches, you can get drink in Ireland. I, I, well, I can tell you where I'm from, you know, as long as you can get the money on the bar, that's fine. It doesn't matter what size you are. Yes. But um, isn't that a fabulous story? And I just yes. love the way that Chris Cuomo deports himself in that story, you know, kind of as he's like, he's so significant. Yeah. Um, then we have a lovely story there from Toby Young. So our friend Toby Young on Lockdown Skeptics again. Lockdown, LockdownSkeptics.org is a great um, clearinghouse that you could go to every day to find great stories about um, about the virus and about the you know and, and from the skeptical point of view, which is where Toby Young is at with this. So he wants to thank the Black Lives Matter protesters. He has he really really wants to thank them mm -hmm. um, for two reasons. And the first reason is. He wants to say thank you, and I'm going to read a little bit of this for you, you know, for exposing the hypocrisy of politicians and public health panjandrums mm -hmm. who enthusiastically embraced the protests in spite of warning us a few weeks earlier that we had to remain in our homes at all costs to flatten the curve. 
After this, who would ever take them seriously, their, their prognostications of doom? They clearly didn't, they clearly didn't believe their own propaganda. Um, at bottom, insisting that the little people remain in their homes unless they had a reasonable excuse to be outside was an opportunity for holier-than-thou elites to remind us of their roles as custodians of our welfare. So that's the first reason that he's kind of grateful yeah. to Black Lives Matter. But the second reason is very interesting. So bear with me. So in England, the number of, of daily new cases of coronavirus fell in all regions including 49% in, north, in the Northwest, um, a drop of 46% in the Southeast, and a drop of 43% in the Southwest. So these are numbers in England. So huge drops mm. in numbers. Um, and the reason that this is significant is that if mass gather, gatherings of the kind that we've seen over the last, this is Toby Young talking about London, and all, all over, by the way, England. over England. Over 300,000 people came out in England. Exactly. More than 300, as he says here, more than 300 people have, had turned out to protest, all happily ignoring the two-metre social distancing rule, and yet infections continue to fall. That's even true in London, he says, where the protests have attracted the most people. According to the COVID symptom study, the number of new daily infections in London fell by 27% this week. Um, and his point basically is, well, he says, no at doubt, this point, yeah. sorry, go on, yeah. No doubt some lockdown zealots oh, yeah, are crouched are over their, their laptops, laptops, you know, trying to screw with us, just desperately hoping for the evidence of a second spike in the next few days. But given the average incubation period for COVID-19 has been five and six days, we should have seen some evidence by now. And he yeah, says, face it, folk, the second spike is a myth, or as Ron Paul puts it, a hoax. I mean, you know, it, it's actually, and I can say, I mean, you know, obviously he's being, he's being very funny and everything, but it's, a, it's, it's, you know, they've actually, Black Lives Matter have actually offered, they've kind of done, they've been involved in the scientific experiment without, right. being, without knowing it. So we were told, you know, whatever you do, <coughs> don't get into close quarters with anyone. They ignored that, obviously, for the Black Lives Matter protests. 300,000 people took to the streets, and yet yeah. we haven't seen this spike. And I think, would it be fair, Phelan, to say, would it be fair for me to say this, I'm wondering, to say that of those 300,000 people, the vast majority are young people. Is that correct? Yes, that would be so, And of course, as we've said all along, um, and I think this is what everyone who's sceptical of the lockdown has said, why, 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 why? didn't from the earliest moments when they knew back in February, even back way back in February, when they saw what happened at the, the old people's home in Washington state, why oh why oh why, didn't they quarantine the vulnerable, just the vulnerable yeah. and let the rest of us get on with it. And yet young people go to college, let young people go out and be about. Yeah. Um, shield, why didn't you shield, shield old and vulnerable people and people with, with illnesses. Two things I would just like to add. Okay. The word Panjandam. Oh yeah, funny. I was going to ask you about that word. So let's so go back. Let's go. So he's very grateful. Let's give, let's give the context. He's very grateful for Black Lives protesters for quote exposing the hypocrisy of politicians and public health panjandrums who enthusiastically embraced the protests in spite of warnings a few weeks later that we had to remain in our homes. So is a is panjandrum? Is that a British word? I, oh, I know you're it well. asking me. No, no, I, I know it well. I, oh, I, you know it well. I know. Well. I, I would like to ask our American listeners, uh, have you ever heard of the word panjandrum? I'll spell it to you, by the way. It looks like pajamas when you start reading it. P-A-N-J-A-N-D-R-U-M-S. Panjandrums. I think it's, it's an old colonial... Uh, it's busy, got that feeling. Busybody who used to run, you know, mid-ranking colonial uh, executive who 
who was all into rules and But what I really like about this is that Toby Young, of course, I think I, I would go out on a limb here, Finham, and say that I think he may have attended a what they call a public school, which in, in the UK is means exactly the opposite. So a public school in England means a private school. Um, and yes. a very posh private school at that. And so I think he speaks like this. When I saw that word, I thought it was fabulous. So panjandrum. So, well, I, I, from my British background, I know what panjandrum is. Uh, I just want to know, is, is it an American word? Okay. Uh, so second thing I want to ask about uh, the... Toby Young uh, story. Toby Young story is, you see, it could actually raise a very interesting point, right? If black uh, and uh, minorities are more vulnerable and older people are more vulnerable to COVID-19, to the coronavirus. Yes. Could it be that the vast majority of the 300,000 people were young, white, liberal people, oh, right? Which they also don't want to admit. They want to put this forward as some kind of, you know, street uprising. Well, interestingly, Phelan, this is this allows me to do a really fancy segue into the next story, oh. by the way, because perhaps we'll never know, Phelan. Ah. Because here we have a nice story from New York, from Bill de Blasio, who, by the way, has, to me, I feel like, has been a little bit absent uh, in this whole thing, from well, a national point of view, oh, from a national well, point of view, from a national point of view. He has spent enormous energy uh, welding together the gates of, of uh, playgrounds favoured by Jewish children in New York. Indeed. On the same day that there was tens of thousands, 20,000 people campaigning for black trans lives mattering in Brooklyn, 20,000 people on the streets, he, he then the next day sent his workers over to weld together the gates of a playground, of a playground. Uh, attended important. by Orthodox Jewish children there in you New go. York. So the reason I was doing my really nice segue, which kind of had been sort of interrupted now by that tangent of yours there, Philem, was that it'll be very difficult to work out, pretend, potentially difficult to work out um, who in fact attended these Black Lives Matter uh, protests because Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York, has told COVID contract tracers not to ask positive cases if they've attended Black Lives Matter protests. So when these contact traitors are, by the way, and this is a story from National Review, and I really like this from Tobias Hoonhut. That's a great name there, by the way. New York City's coronavirus contact tracing force are not asking those who test positive for COVID-19 whether they recently attended a Black Lives Matter demonstration. A city spokesman confirmed no person will be asked proactively if they attended a protest, Avery Cohen, a spokesperson for de Blasio, told the city about the directive. If a person wants to proactively offer that information, there is an opportunity for them to do so. But, but basically, the mayor has instructed the contact tracers not to be asking people, now, did you attend a protest, by the way? Because, of course, that would be a terrible thing. Um, and, of course, Bill de Blasio has been seen recently, of course, uh, I think, bailing his daughter, right, out of jail, yes. who got arrested um, during the Black Lives Matter protests. But, I, he, uh, but, I, he, but, uh, but he really has been... I mean, I don't know what... You know, I never want to call anyone any names, but he does seem rather obsessed with shutting down Jewish activity in New York. Well, he's I, asked about that, by the way. He was asked about that, and here's what he said, which I thought was quite extraordinary. You know, when you see... Dot, dot, dot. An entire nation simultaneously grappling with an extraordinary crisis seated in 400 years of American racism. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, 
That is not the same question as the understandably aggrieved store, store owner or the devout religious person, Jewish, who wants to go back to services, de Blasio said in a press conference earlier. Yeah. You know, so, I, I, I so have, basically, yeah. sorry, you're, agree, you're, you're wanting to go to your Jewish religious ceremony. You're, you're um, uh, aggregate, ag, aggregate, aggregation, you're upset. Agreed. Agreed. You're upset about not being able to go to your Jewish um, services mm. are not as, as upset, on the upset curve. On the upsetting Flatten curve. On the upset curve. On the upsetting curve, that upset is trumped by the upset of 400 years of racism. Am I reading that correctly? That's correct. However, I would argue that. Sorry for that. I suppose, I suppose it, on my... Actually, interesting. Devout religious person. I was thinking, That's why I said devout religious person yeah. sounds like Jewish to me. Yes. Because actually, I wouldn't think you would. Uh, funny enough, I, even though it's unfair, by the way, I think that doesn't sound like a Catholic. Yes. I'm just saying. To me, when I read that. Would well, that be a, one of them dog whistles then? Well, I'll tell you what, when I read, it would be. Devout religious person, I read that, and in the context of New York, of course, because yes. if you said that, by the way, in Ireland, I know I do know what it means. It would mean, um, what's that organization in Ireland of Catholics? Opus Dei. Yeah, yeah that would mean Opus Dei. But in New York, devout religious person, everyone thinks of the guy with the curls down the side of his that's head, right? right? And, and the, the, black, hat on, the black hat. And the hat on. Yes. So um, that's exactly what I thought of no, originally. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that, actually. It's, it's... And, you know, we have, uh, we have a fabulous, uh, and I think we should make a feature of this, by the way. We should have done it from the very beginning. We should have had a prize every day for Killjoy of the Week, Killjoy of the Day. And we got a Killjoy of the Day today, directly from Ireland, by the way. And you know, when you think of Ireland, like, what do you think? What's do, like... do, 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 do. No idea what that piece of music is, by the way. That's so... the um, music from the Borden and Mona ad from the late 80s. Nobody is going to get that. Okay. And nobody, okay, and also is, nobody knows way, what, what Borden and Mona is, Phil. I said... And Bored Nimona, by the way, I will now translate that for the people who are out there now thinking, what the hell is Bored Nimona? Bored Nimona is a government um, a, a agency in Ireland. Government the, employment. Uh, government. They cut turf in bogs. They cut turf. It's a bo it's, it's the bog. For heat. For heat. For heating. Anyway, so uh, I once, um, I once, uh, on one of these, I said that... Uh, I just sorry. We just saw. Did you just see that news flashing up on our screens? Eh? I did see that news flashing yes. up. The Supreme That's Court blocks I... Trump's cancellation of DACA. The ruling affects undocumented immigrants who were brought to the U.S. It as blocked. children. So, so DACA is going ahead. So, so basically, the Supreme Court. I know this is not virus stuff. The Supreme Court is basically saying whatever Obama decided is now law. He can decide by executive order something to law something is a law, and Trump decides uh, by executive order it's not. Then he has no right to do it. It's it's amazing. Sorry, I got I got confused there. Uh, by, you got by that. distracted. Anyway, let's talk with the, so the Irish. What's happening in Ireland? Irish government has said you can't. You can only go to an Irish pub, which is like the home of of Ireland, which is where. What people think about when they think of, of Ireland, the, the Irish, Irish, pub. Irish, Irish pub. If you spend nine euros on a meal. Which, by the way, is how much, Philip? It's $11, yes, right? Yes, 11 or $12. $12. Now, by the way, $12, right? So you want to go to, you know, in Ireland, you want to go for a pint of Guinness, right? By the way, and everybody does. And by the way, gorgeous, lovely, love my pints. Um, pint of b beer, you cannot, unless they supply this $12 meal. Now, here's the problem, right, which I pointed out to you straight away, Philip, is... Many, 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 almost all, by the way, sorry, let's just make it easier, of pubs in Ireland are not equipped to create a meal at all. 
And because, of course, Ireland is a lot like California, by the way, in terms of regulation, you can't provide food in Ireland from a regular kitchen. It has to be an industrial kitchen. It has to be all approved and all these businesses, right? So basically, am I correct in reading this film and saying pubs will be expected to serve a substantial meal? I'm just reading this that costs at least $12 if they are to reopen on the 29th of June. So just just before they even reopen, they get slammed with this. Yes, but also the the reality is, and this is scientifically proven, eight-euro meals spread the coronavirus. Oh, yeah, eight-euro meals. No, no, if you have a meal in your pub that's only eight euros and you offer it to someone and they're there, they are spreading the coronavirus. If you raise the price to nine euros, then you're, they're no longer a spreader of the coronavirus. They've also now just brought in a rule oh, where you this. have to, st- you can only stay 105 minutes. You can 100- only stay in the pub 105 minutes. We had to work out what that was. It is one hour and three quarters, right? Yes. But, you know, so I was saying to Phelan, like, I'm wondering, so when you go into the pub in Ireland, will they put a stopwatch on you? Will they put like a little thing on you? It's like yeah. stick something on you and it'll start the stopwatch. Starting now, you better get those pints in. But as you would say, Phelan, what would you say? So one, so one 100, 105 minutes. Well, it's enough for 16 pints. It's about enough for 16 pints, which yeah. is only getting started. Only getting started. And by the way, for those of you who think that before, we are... That's the drinks before the wedding. And those of you who, are, who think we're being funny... Trust me, people drink. I, I remember. I remember being on a on a plane. Actually, I remember being on a plane one time and sitting beside a fellow who was going on a business trip to Ireland, and we got chatting. And he was going. He was going over. It was a pharmaceutical company, actually. And he was going over, and he said, um, "I." And we were chatting, and he said, "I said, well, I, you know, they're going to bring me to the rugby. They're going to bring me to the rugby." And uh, is there anything I should know? And I, I said to him, "Okay, let me let me just give you some advice here." I said, "Don't try. Do not attempt." to keep up with the guys who bring you to the rugby match. Drinking, do not, drinking with wise. drinking, with drinking, you, yes. sorry, no, no. Not do walking not, to the rugby. No, no, do not attempt to keep up with these guys when they bring you to the pub before the rugby match because they will. They are trained from very they're young. They're athletes. They're athletes. They've been training since they were very young to drink a, 16 and pints. And a rugby match is their Olympics. To drink 16 pints in a really short period of time. And I am not joking. And he was, re- he was really nice. He was a young enough guy. And, he was, and I said to him, I'm really not joking. They will drink 16 pints really quick and you cannot because you never trained for that and you will end up in a hospital you know you know not that you'd get alcoholic poisoning but you just wouldn't be in the shape for it right so uh, but anyway that's what Ireland is like but anyway so the killjoys so you know this is and maybe they're a panja panja panjan panjandrums the, the Irish panjandrums Irish panjandrums so these are people who are grey people who work in grey buildings who do not earn a grey amount of money. They earn a lot of money. And this coronavirus doesn't affect them at all because they have what my father used to call, call and he used to smack his lips and wish it had happened to him, a permanent pensionable job. They have a permanent pensionable job. So they never have to worry about money ever, ever again. And some of them, and you know, as I, I think I said this, didn't I say this on the mm-hmm. last virus? They just love this opportunity to be a killjoy. 105 minutes? Like, because 110, of course, would be, once you get into, that's fatal, right? Yeah, so if you imagine if you bought an eight-euro meal uh, and overstayed by five minutes, I mean, you become a super spreader, you know? So, oh, and that's, if you you are thinking of going, that's before you get, before you come out of your 14-day quarantine. Oh, yeah, so if you were deciding that you wanted to go to Ireland this summer for your holidays, 
uh, what do you call a vacation? First of all, you would have lucky at all if you get there, by the way. Number one. Mm. Number two, uh, you get there, you have to tell the address to the people at the airport. You have to fill in a very lengthy form as well, by the way. Remember, we talked about that before. But then you have to say where you're going and... By law, you cannot leave for any reason. I think, like, literally for any reason, mm-hmm. for 14 days. Like, you can't go to the supermarket. Yeah. And you can't go to the supermarket, by the way. People have to bring you food, obviously. Yeah, so that's going to work for the So that's going to work brilliant for the tourist industry. And by the way, can I just say that that's been something on my mind this week. And I, I think we'll talk a little bit more about this tomorrow, and I'll yeah. prepare myself. But it did strike me that, um, and, I, and no one, except for us here at The Daily Virus, no one is talking about this. So America... Is, is a country that, that attracts tourists, okay? Let's put it simple as that. It attracts tourists. All the time, it attracts tourists. All the time. But probably, for to be fair, more in the summer, correct? Yes. Um, and I'm going to get the numbers tomorrow because I really do think this really upsets me. But so, do you know that right now, no foreigners are allowed to come to the United States of America? Nobody from Europe, nobody from Brazil, Canada, Mexico, uh, China, obviously. So no tourists are allowed to come. And normally, there'd be a lot of tourists coming. And I'm just really sad for all the people running small yeah. businesses all over the place who supplied those tourists and who those tourists are not here and that money is not being spent. And there will be consequences. And it's very d- disheartening. But anyway, we've come to the end of the show yes. this morning. And we are so glad that you guys are here. And please do leave a comment on... Anywhere that you can find a place to leave a comment, by the way. You're going to go to the Alan Phelan Scoop on YouTube. This is not on YouTube. This is only on the, on, on the podcast medium. So go to the Apple podcast. Spotify. But yeah, and by the way, if you didn't see yesterday's um, Alan Phelan uh, Scoop, you really should because we actually spent quite a bit of time looking at the play Ferguson. Yes. And you can also watch the play Ferguson. Demolishing the myths of hands up, don't shoot, the foundation myth of the Black Lives Matter. With the it's, actual verbatim testimony from the grand jury it's, in It's Ferguson one of our Missouri. most impro- important projects. So go to the uh, go to the Alan Field Scoop on YouTube, watch that. Uh, leave a comment on Apple Podcasts for this. Go leave to the unreportedstoriesociety.com and find everything about us yes. and sign up for our newsletters and for our, yeah. uh, for, for everything. Yes, and, and don't forget to leave a donation because we have no paywalls. We want everyone to hear what we have discovered in the Unreported Stories Society. So stay safe. And see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Um, soon. Next time. Okay, bye. Bye bye.